Well, good morning to you. It is an honor to be here with you today. I was somewhat worried with the title, Let's Get Out of Here. I'd get up here and only about five of you would be left. That you thought, hey, there's our opportunity. But I promise by 2 o'clock all of you will be out of here if that is if that is good. If you want to open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 11 this morning, Genesis chapter 11, I really appreciate Pastor Eric uh, and Emily. I've had an opportunity to know Eric for many years when I was younger, and he was young and got to know him a lot more better these last few years. He and Emily did a great job. I have a lot of connections. I just I was thinking about this driving over. The, the Harder family, uh, I'm pastor at First Baptist Church in New Walla for 13 years, and Harder family was connected there. Pastor at Waterloo Road Baptist for 11 years, and the Rice family and others have connections there. Um, Josiah over here is my favorite daughter-in-law's cousin, and um, so she's my only daughter-in-law, but tell her, tell her, I said she was my favorite daughter-in-law. Anything good I can, you can tell her about me, I appreciate that, that Josiah. I also thought this, I have a lot of connections that way, but you know what, more than that, we're all connected together, right? We could say, oh, we're connected as Oklahoma Baptists, and we're thankful for that, and our connections with 1,700 churches, and that's beautiful. Uh, Sherry and I have a privilege of ministering in northwest Oklahoma to pastors and churches. But much greater than that, we have connection through Jesus. And that is what this is all about. So I must start today by saying this. See if you're somewhere within this statement. There's nobody in this world that can be good enough. And can I say it more boldly? How dare us think that we can be good enough that someday we deserve to stand with God and say, hey, here I am. Uh, that's somewhat prideful. My best day I've ever had, I could not count the number of sins I still have in my life. Uh, so we're somewhere between we can't be good enough to not need Jesus all the way over to the other side with this. How dare us or presumptuous of us, respectfully I say that to you, to think what I've done bad in this world is bigger than what God could do for me. All my sins and, and guy on stage, you don't even know what I've done. How dare you say that I can be good enough. We can't be good enough to be with God. But get this, God is greater. He is bigger. And we're all between that umbrella of thinking I was good enough or I never can be good enough. And Jesus has come to all of us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says he imputed upon us his righteousness. He allowed us to be saved. So what are we going to do with our salvation? I love your three statements, and, and that plays right into this message today. But what are we going to do with, with these things? Let's look at Genesis chapter 11. We'll read the first nine verses together, and then we'll pray, and then we'll get going. The Bible says this, The whole earth had the same language and vocabulary, Obviously, that was Oklahoman, right? We understand that to be true. 
As people migrated from the east, they found a valley in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make oven-fired bricks. They used bricks for stone and asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let's build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the sky. Let's make a name for ourselves, otherwise we will be scattered throughout the earth. Then the Lord came down to look over the city and the tower that the humans were building. The Lord said, if they have begun to do this as one people, all having the same language, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down there and, and confuse their speech, their language, so they will not understand one another's speech. And for, so from there, the Lord scattered them throughout the earth, and they stopped building the city. Therefore, it is called Babylon. For there, the Lord confused the language of the whole earth, and from there, the Lord scattered them throughout the earth. Let's pray a moment. I know when you have a guest preacher in, your pastor's away or worship pastor's away, it's always a little bit different in a sanctuary. But here's what we can rest in. God is present. And he's the same yesterday and today and forever. So would you just pray right now? Maybe you pray a lot. Maybe you don't pray very often. But just pray right now. Hey, God, speak to me. Holy Spirit, God, speak to me. Let me hear something today that makes a difference in my life. Pray for somebody in your family, your church family right now. Pray the same thing for them, that they'll really hear from you today. And then I'd be honored if you would take a moment just to pray that I convey this the way that God wants it to be conveyed. <clears throat> and God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, God. And we love you and thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. The Tower of Babel is a, is a well-known story, but let's quickly go through this. The, the Bible says in, in the first three verses that the people were really trying to be self-sufficient. It says the whole earth had the same language and vocabulary as people migrated from the east. They found a valley in the land of Shinar there. They said to each other, come, let's make oven-fired bricks. We can be self-sufficient. This is a good place for us to settle in. First part of verse 4 says they were pretty high up on themselves. They were self-esteemed. They said this, and they said, come, let's build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the sky. Let's make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered throughout the earth. Second thing they're saying is, hey, not only are we self-sufficient, let's be self-esteemed. Let's make a name for ourselves. Let, let's make sure people know who we are. But then their first point, their last point there is they desired to be self-contained. They said, let's make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered throughout the earth. Isn't that an interesting statement? We want to control our lives. And the Bible says early on that these people felt like they were good enough, self-sufficient. They were talented enough to be well-known, self-esteemed. And they were going to make their own decisions and, and where they'll do be self-contained. And they could stay where they are comfortable. Now, this is a big point. Their third point is let's be comfortable. 
Now, let's look at a Bible verse on let's be comfortable over... Nowhere in the Bible does it say that, right? The opposite is true. The goal of our life as believers is not to be comfortable. Now, we don't have to go out there and say, I, I have to be a martyr today. Let me find a way to be a martyr. No. But we are called to say, I'm not self-sufficient. I, I, I don't want to make a name for myself. I don't want to be comfortable. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, let's be comfortable. Instead, the Bible says, let's get out of here. Now, that, that meant something in my life almost four years ago. On a, on a Tuesday night in the November, over on Covell Road and Boulevard, where we lived, my son looked at us and said, let's get out of here. Let's watch. It looks like a murder scene in this family's home after a deer came crashing through their front door and caused all this destruction in their bedroom and bathroom. It came in fast and hard. It was something no one would ever expect. A six-point buck made a very unexpected entrance at this Edmond home Tuesday night, crashing through a storm door. I thought it was a bomb. A bomb, explosion, a crash. It was just like, what in the world is going, is going on? The deer skidded through the living room, slid into the bedroom, and at one point got stuck in a closet before finding itself in a bathroom. I knew it was going to look bad when we went back there. I didn't have in my mind there was going to be any blood. Mm -hmm. So when I opened up the door and saw the blood, it was like, oh, wow. Officials with animal services and three Edmond officers rushed to the home, but with a lot of uncertainty. At one point, police even pulled out riot gear. There was a lot of confusion, a lot of deliberation on what to do, what the best course of action was um, as this deer continued to run around this person's house, destroying their rooms. It was just a bunch of crashing and jumping and hitting. An hour and a half later, officers finally got the deer out of the home by roping one of its antlers. He was so severely injured uh, after the whole ordeal. Unfortunately, in the end, the deer could not be saved and had to be put down. In Edmond, Angela Shen, Oklahoma's News 4. Yeah, we were that family. <laughs> Eating a pre-Thanksgiving meal on Tuesday, watching a show at 6.30 in the evening at Covell and Boulevard, and we met this deer that came into our house. And uh, One of the most questions I get asked or get stated is this. You know what I would have done? And here's my answer. I hope you get to find out someday. I, I really, I really do. If so, we'll have lunch and, and talk about it. But one of the things that happened there, right when the deer came crashing in, literally six feet, eight feet from us, our son jumped up and he yelled, let's get out of here. And so we went and got back in the other part of the house. Eventually, I realized my dog was somewhere in the house, and we had to find our dog, and she came shaking in, but she made it just, just, just fine. But, folks, that's the theme of the Bible. As you go through the Bible, and hang with me on this, over and over then, God tells us as believers that we're not supposed to be self-sufficient. We're not supposed to be comfortable. We're not supposed to be self-esteem. We're supposed to be people that says, let's get out of here. 
Let's just take a quick thread through the Bible. And I, I don't really preach like this often, but I'm going to go quickly through about eight verses and just follow through on the screen. In, in, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, the Bible, the Bible says this, that God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Genesis 9-1, the Bible says, God blessed Noah and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Genesis 12, the Lord said to Abram, Go out from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land I will show you. Abram didn't even know where he was going. He said, go where I show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who should I send? Who shall go? I said, Here I am, send me. I believe that Isaiah wasn't the only one that heard that verse, that voice. He was the one that responded. Who will go for us? Here I am, send me. And then we go to the New Testament, the New Covenant. Not by works we're saved, it's by the grace, the new, G, the new covenant. Luke chapter 2, verse 4, And Joseph also went up from a town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family line of David. He went there to be registered along with Mary, who, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in cloth and laid him in the feeding trough because there was no room for them at the lodging place. Jesus, he got out of heaven. Take this, take this with truth. He was comfortable in heaven. He was God of the world. And he came to this earth in the flesh as a baby, a helpless baby, who had to be cared for by, by two sinful humans who were good people but sinful humans. And he was mocked and ridiculed. He got out of heaven for us. And he came to this earth what does Jesus tell us to do in Matthew 18, 28, 18, 19, 20? All authority in heaven and earth has been given to us. Therefore, go into all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That's part of your statement of, of who you are as a church set. We go, Acts chapter 1, let's get out of here. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Acts chapter 10, verse 34 and 35, and Peter began to speak and says, Now I really understand that God doesn't show favoritism, but in every nation the person who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Galatians 3.8. Now the scripture saw in advance that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. And he told the good news ahead of time to Abraham. 
all the nations will be blessed through you. God knew this in advance, that it wasn't just going to be the Jews who would hear about Jesus. It was going to be the Gentiles. And I respectfully say to most of us, most of us are from Gentile heritage, that the gospel through generation after generation after generation after generation has got passed forward for us to hear. And we're called to get out of here. Now, sure, we come into a church, and sure, we come in, but we come in so we can go out. We come in so we can be strengthened and encouraged and discipled and loved on and have a great community. But we come in not to live here. We come in to go out and to minister to the 10,000 people, different people that you'll come across this week just in this church. We are called to go out. That's why Genesis 11.4 is such a big deal. Let's get comfortable. If not, we're going to have to leave. Let's not go. God calls us as believers in Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior who are made in the image of God. We're related to God. Now, we're related to each other. We're related to God. He calls us to move and advance the gospel around the world. Now, I work for Oklahoma Baptist now, and one of the ways we do this, your church and, and other churches together, we say, hey, we cooperate together through the cooperative program, and we give money for missionaries and 4,000 missionaries around the world or out right now because of, of the little money that my church gives and the money that your church gives and the money that other churches give all together. We can do a lot together. But more than that, what are we doing personally to go out? My story was I was comfortable at Waterloo Road Baptist Church a little bit over four years ago. Probably a church I felt like I could stop and retire at and kind of was figuring out the rest of my life and God interrupted my life and said that, that I needed to get out and go minister to the pastors around northwest Oklahoma. In a sense, I call myself a missionary, and I have a nice car, and I'm home most nights. I don't want to push that too hard, okay? But, but I do get the opportunity to go out and encourage pastors in, during the week and in, encourage missionaries and churches during the week to, to make a difference. We go to the Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, ministering to communities. One of the things that your, your church talks about Tower of Babel is a group of people that just got comfortable. That's not what God has called us to be. I was thinking this week when I was going to say this, uh, just, just, just three quick things I want to tell you. This week, I heard of a 78-year-old pastor in South Oklahoma City. I don't mind telling you who he is. Mike Price. South Lindsay Baptist Church. And South Lindsay uh, Baptist Church and, and many years ago was a gospel-reaching church that ministered to many people. Now South Lindsay Church has been a struggling church and somewhat hard, not, not too easy even to keep their doors open, but they've been pressing on, pressing on. This week I talked to Pastor Mike, and he says, You know, Griff, um, it's been really cool what God's done this year. Yeah, we, we baptized 21 people this year for the glory of God. And I said, Mike, you're 78, buddy. 
I didn't say that. That's what I thought, Josiah, okay? Now, I know you're thinking, Griff, you're 61. I know, don't do that, okay? Shame on you. And that church, it was barely had his doors over, and he was like, yeah, that's pretty good, but we do better, okay? This, this week, I, I, I thought again about it. Chisholm Heights Baptist Church out in Mustang. I, I'm privileged to be interim pastor there now. Three weeks ago, a young couple, much like young couples in this church, left for Africa with their two children and radically moved across the seas. They sold their cars. They sold their house. The International Mission Board, they've trained them, and they're going over to Africa now because they take seriously that the gospel has to get out of here. Now, I'm not here today to twist your arm to do any of those things, but what I am here today is to say to you, each of us must say, my life as a Christian is not about being comfortable. My life as being a Christian is how I can make a difference and how I can serve and, and how I can share the gospel and how I can care. Met a new member just before church, and she joined this church three years ago. She serves on the, the security team now, and she was talking about how she loved this church, but she said, man, it's so important that I serve here to get to know people. And it is. We must receive as we go to church every Sunday. You should receive from each other, but we also must give. We also must, must share ourselves and serve. Because a church is not a country club. Now, now get this. Some of you might be a part of a country club. And you know what I want to say? Good for you. Matter of fact, I'll give you my card. And if you want to take me golfing, I would love to go with you, okay? Now, I'm not a good golfer, but I would love to go with you. I'm not dogging a, a country club today, but I am saying this. A church was never called to be a country club. Instead, a church is called to be a hospital for sinners. We're an ER room for sinners. And if you went to St. Anthony's Hospital or Children's Hospital right now and you're in the emergency room, you'd see all different colors, all different languages, all different in, in, um, injuries, all different ages, all different needs. And the ER room is trained to take care of every person. Friends, we're called to be a hospital for sinners and We've been healed of our sin. Oh, not, not every day we're not, but permanently we've been healed of our sin through the blood of Jesus. And we have the privilege of caring and loving and ministering to others. And we must say, I am willing to get out of here and not live a life of comfort or not say this church is in it for what I can receive. A church should say like Jesus Come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Because every person is valuable. Two weeks ago, I showed up here to drop off something at your church. Your, your church did a really good job of getting information from me early and being organized, and, and I appreciated, appreciated that. But when I got here, it was around lunchtime, and there was nobody here. 
And so I said, well, I don't want to really drop it off. But all of a sudden, there's this guy walking back across the parking lot. And so I went up, and I rolled my window down, and he says, hey, um, I have a flat tire out here in the parking lot. Is it okay if I leave my car here? And I go, sure it is. <laughs> and then I thought, uh, well, hang on a second. I, I don't, I'm not a part of this church, okay? But I, I know the people who are here, and they would say, sure, it's okay to leave your car here for a few hours. Am I okay with that? Did I tell them okay? Okay. And then I said, can I do anything to help you? And I was having a busy day that day. I need to get on to Guthrie. Can I do anything to help you? And he said, well, yeah, if I was going to call an Uber, but if you want to take me home so I can get my air pump and and I thought, okay, church parking lot, flat tire, okay, uh, yeah, get in. He got in. We took off five miles down the road, went back a couple miles, and during that time, we talked about the gospel, and I asked him, do you know, like, his daughters go to the school next door here, he brought them to school, got a flat tire, I said, do you know what this church is about? And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm a believer, he was from another country, but he shared with me what he believed about Jesus. Best I could understand, we connected together on Jesus. We would be some other things that maybe we would feel differently about. Those are secondary issues, I might add, because it's all about Jesus. And we got to his house, and I prayed with him. He asked me for my card for some reason. I hope it was a good reason. But there was an opportunity that I got interrupted to realize there's that one person Maybe my reason to come here at lunchtime and nobody was here, which is fine that nobody was here, by the way, is that I was supposed to be interrupted to talk to a man about the gospel. It kind of messed up my schedule a little bit. I had some place I'd like to go. But see, for all of it, it's not about me and it's not about you, Right? It's about what God calls us to do and that every person is valuable. And I want to urge you to get the gospel out of here. Don't be comfortable. Into the schools, into foster care. Be missionaries around the world or next door or in your small groups and community groups. I, I know Pastor Grant would emphasize this over and over again. A community group cannot be a closed group and it's just us and nobody else is open. You ought to be so inviting, so open and and and. and want that because we never know who the next person is the most valuable people to come to North Point Baptist Church in 30 years from now as this church is pressing on if Jesus hasn't come back yet the most valuable people as a, that will be a part of this church two thirds of them do not go to this church right now you probably didn't like that okay you're the one third that does that's fine we got to keep pushing the gospel forward and getting out of here and, and telling and multitudes of people are coming into this area. I grew up in Edmond when Deer Creek was a class B school, okay? I went to the state tournament when they were in the, the class B and watched some people play that I knew. And there's multitudes. And your theme must be, let's get out of here. So, what are we doing individually? Well, hey, we give to this church, and that's good. The Bible teaches giving in Old Testament, New Testament, the tithing, sure he does. 
But can I challenge you to have the testimony, I want to be a giver and a goer until I'm gone? I want to be a giver and a goer until I'm gone. The gospel is important. C.S. Lewis said that if the gospel is false, it is of no importance. If, if the gospel is true, it is of infinite importance. What the gospel can't be is moderately important. Because if the gospel that saved us is just moderately important, we easily might not be saved, or if we are saved, we've lost understanding what it is. And in a few minutes, we're going to take the Lord's Supper together and communion and a great time to remember again what it is. So how would you fill in the blank in your life? As I go through my life right now, the gospel is blank importance. Where's that at on the scale? Don't raise your hand. Don't tell anybody else unless you're supposed to. But the Bible tells us the gospel can't be moderately important. That's why my son gave the great theology as that deer came into our house. Let's get out of here. But you know how he said it? He said it this way. Let's get out of here. And he took off running. But he put his plate down first. And Sherry took off running, but she put her plate down first. But may it be shown that Griff took off running and he threw his plate in the air <laughs> as all his food was scattered on the ground as we came back into the house. It's important. It's important to your next door neighbors, to your street, to your school, to your family to the community around North Point, to the state of Oklahoma, throughout the world. And we can help each other to get out of here. If your church is in need, looking for mission opportunities, staff here and Pastor Eric when he gets back, and we could help with that. There's all kinds of things that can move us forward in life. And what is our final reminder of let's get out of here is from the great book of Revelation, chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. Revelation 7, verse, verse 9 and 10, it says this, After this I looked, and there was a vast multitude from every what? Nation, from every tribe, from every people, and language which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, before Jesus. They were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. Why, Why will we and they be in white robes someday? Not because we deserve it. It's because of the Lamb of Jesus who took away the, the sins of, of us, the blood, by his blood took away our sins. Gospels for all. North Point Baptist Church, let's get out of here. Let's pray.
just a moment, we're going to have a, a time of worshiping Jesus. And some churches call them invitations, responses, time of meditation. Here's what I know. I know God calls me every day to respond to him. That Wednesday that I drove up here at North Point and that guy was in the parking lot and asked for a ride. It was time for me to respond to Jesus. What was I going to do? So right now you have an opportunity to respond. And there's some elders that are going to be here at the front. And there's going to be some church members in the back. And don't do it to make me happy or anyone else. But you say, man, I've got to go pray with somebody about this. Or I've got to pray with somebody about something else. I need to be saved or... Man, this week's been hard and I need prayer or, man, I got to do a better job of trying not to be comfortable or whatever it is. No judging. Just another time to respond, but this is a public time, a time you must respond right now. And If God has convicted you of something today, Man, confess that as you prepare for the Lord's Supper. And if you're not a believer in Christ, maybe people think you are, but you know and God knows. Why not? <laughs> Jesus left comfort in heaven and came to this earth for us. Say yes to him. Receive him. Would you stand to your feet and let me pray? God, I am thankful for North Point Church. But God, I want to pray a bold prayer that they choose not to be comfortable. That each of us will choose, God, to do whatever it takes to minister, care, reach, for Jesus may they partner together as a church may we partner together as churches however you lead that to happen but God help us God I pray for me there are times in my life that I just want to be comfortable relaxed I know you give us Sabbath God but help us to be people willing to do what you call us to do. So bless our time of response.